0: So much older then. I'm younger
1: than that now.
2: Hey, you. It's time to take a life check. Are you living yours with intent? Or are you simply going through the motions? Hi everybody, I'm Bill Schaefer along with Mark Middleton and this is Growing Bolder. You know it, I know it. Years can fly by in what seem like an instant. So how do you intend to survive them? Do you have a plan? Have you thought about it? This is the program that explores what your life can be from this day forward. And there is a lot more to surviving than just going through the motions.
3: You know, one of the most innovative and influential people in the entire world on issues related to aging is a guy by the name of Colin Milner. And today, in just a few minutes, we're going to go one-on-one with Colin to find out what you can expect as you look at your future. Also, we're going to meet some women who want to make the point that staying active doesn't have to mean that you've got to go run a marathon. They'll tell us about the many benefits they get from the simple act of stretching out. But first, he's brilliant, he's brash, and he knows how to survive almost anything. We speak to the public television icon known as Survivor Man, Les Stroud, from his home in Canada. Ordinary people living extraordinary lives and paving a path for what's to come. That's Growing Bolder.
2: Well, don't you love it when you face some big challenge or obstacle or disaster in your life? Because people always say something like, well, it sure has taught you a lot, hasn't it? Well, darn it, that's usually true. But wouldn't it be so much better if we learned those lessons before the event so we don't always have to learn things The hard way. Well, thank goodness for Les Stroud. He is my superhero. He is Survivor Man. We've been watching the series and specials on public television now for almost 20 something years, and there is nobody out there like him. He just knows. He knows nature, he knows humanity, and most of all, he knows how much we don't know and how much we should. And he knows we're talking about him right now. Because he's here with us, and Les Stroud, welcome. How are you? I'm not sure if I can follow up on that uh, on that (laughs) wonderful description of me, but yes, nice to see you. You know, it's it's pretty accurate isn't it? I mean, we, you know, on this program, I'll start off this way. On this program, we've had, we've had big time rock stars. We've had legends on the program, big celebrities. But I mentioned that we're going to talk to Les Stroud and everybody's like, no way, no way we want to <laughs> listen in. Now, I gotta, now Les, I got to say this too. I love you, but let's face it. The only wildlife most of us experience is when we mow the yard. So what is it? Why are we so fascinated with you? Uh, with me? I haven't got a clue. On, that, on, on you, you added those last two words
4: in there. I thought you were going to say with nature. Uh, um, I think uh, if, if, if we go all the way back to uh, uh, the very beginning of it, um, what I touched on and the nerve that I touched was a lot about just back to the basics, the very <clears throat> core of our existence. I think, uh, though there was this slight sensationalism in in people's minds. Anyway, if I were to eat some kind of weird bug to survive, or be freezing under a a shelter in the rain, or something like that, and and, you know, there were those who who watched out of morbid fascination. But in the end, in the end, I think the initial nerve that was touched upon was that uh, it was the core of who we are, what we are capable of, what we what we all can do, which is which is survive, and people asking themselves, "Could, could I, I? wonder if I could survive with death, like with nothing." And there I was saying, "Well, yeah, you can," because I'm nobody special, and watch me do it. But then the second part of that equation was connecting to nature, which was my my more spiritual, emotional uh, motivation for all of it.
2: There really is something special about a Les Stroud show, and oh my gosh, it's. Proven by the fact that you are as busy as you've ever been. You've got an amazing podcast out. The last one I heard was more about Bigfoot, which never gets old when you talk about it. Uh, Your Wild Outside book series is going great. And a couple of new public television projects, too. One where you are literally eating your way across North America. And uh, since it's you, it's never in the finest restaurants, less only you, could make this interesting, but you also make it compelling and you make us feel like you're right there with you.
4: Yeah, so Les Stroud's Wild Harvest. Uh, But to touch on where you were leading there, you know, uh, in the end, what am I? I'm just a storyteller. That's really what I am as a storyteller more than anything else. I like to fancy myself by thinking I'm an artist, but I'm a storyteller. uh, And the reality is the only kind of stories that I want to tell are authentic ones. With, with Les Stroud's Wild Harvest, I was thinking about this just now on the way to this, this interview, and I thought, you know, if I were to be so braggadocio about it and just say, well, if I have a gift, it's this, I'm, I'm often able to demystify things. Why? Because I needed things demystified for me when I was young. I was not a quick study, not a quick learn, and yet I had to do all of that on my own. I didn't have any mentorship or guidance, so I've always known what it is to not get something. And so when I get something and then I go to share it, I understand how to present it so that someone else gets it. The other part of this equation, the other magic to this, I think, is that I've always been bent on
2: making what I do be accessible, we never truly ever thought that anything could come along and pull the rug of comfort out from under us. But I think the pandemic started to make us think that, wait a minute, maybe things aren't as stable as we think. So tell us about surviving disasters. It's funny, the way you just put that made
4: me think that, you know, I think a lot of us uh, for things like uh, big natural disasters and accidents operate under the, it can't happen to you, can't happen to me kind of syndrome, but the pandemic, that went one step further because for that, we would almost want to say, well, it can't happen to us because it's a bigger, it's a bigger picture. Uh, It was, uh, I don't know, shall I say fortuitous that, that I was working on surviving disasters during this period, perhaps. The bottom line is that the natural disasters Tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, wildfires, drought, which lead to blackouts, no water, no food, no communication. What if you have pets? What if you have children? What if there are seniors? What if you need medication? How, how do you travel? Those are the results. And that's a big thing to remember. There's the disasters and then there's the, the results of the disasters. And how we deal with the results is the key thing that I'm focused on because that's the important part and that's what i wanted to approach with this. I want the, the surviving disasters with less drought is about empowering people to understand how to react and what they can do in a situation that does affect us all that that may very well likely affect them whether they think it won't or not. And so again if you look at the thread through my work survivor man was about empowering us to understand that you know we can survive in the wilderness it's not really not that difficult and less wild harvest is about empowering us to understand that the local forage is available to us all let's go get some milkweed and some cattail and we're going to make a salad tonight and you know and disasters is about again as i said kind of empowering us all to understand what we can do now why me why now why this one is because i'm that guy right i'm that guy survivor man so in many ways. Who else to talk to you about survival stuff? And now with the pandemic, because I will approach, I will discuss pandemics as well. All of us are hit. So again, I will work to demystify what we all need to know.
2: You know, down here in Florida, we sort of get hints of that a hurricane comes by and we don't have power for a few days, maybe a few weeks if things are really bad. But the thought of, gee, maybe the power is not coming back for a while or we're not getting the Internet restored or the air conditioning's not coming back on or the food is scarce. It does get real. And when we see what you can do Without the technology, uh, without the modern conveniences, I mean, we're fascinated not just to see you eat bugs, because really it's empowering to us to even in the back of our minds think we even have the slightest clue of what we would do if we had to live that kind of life. Well, let me
4: and let me riff off that a little bit in, in the context of Florida. So, for example, I actually went to Florida quite a bit uh, in the panhandle and further south interviewing people about uh, the various hurricanes and floodings and things that have gone on. Um, and when you mentioned about, you know, yeah, as survivor, man, I'm sure, I might have had to live under twigs and stuff. But in fact, with surviving disasters, it will be. Well, what have you got? You've got a bathtub. Did You fill it up with water. Did you know you could drink those two gallons in the back reservoir of your toilet? It's actually potable water. Uh, things like that. Did you know you could flush your toilet with the water from your swimming pool? Those types of things, some people are going, yeah, duh. But other people are going, oh, that's a good idea.
2: Yeah, this is where Survivor Man really becomes a public service to us because we don't get that kind of information anywhere else. You know, the most you get from anybody is hunker down. But, you know, there's some great stations down here like WGCU that you worked with when you were doing that series that that really does step Mm -hmm. up and really tries to be part of the community and presenting your programs is really important, especially to those of us here in Florida. I want to ask you about this lesson. This one may surprise you a little bit because you're sort of embarking on on another journey of survival. And it's one that we focus on here at Growing Boulder. It's surviving aging. I know you've got a birthday next week. You'll be, I don't know if it's okay to say, but is it? I forgot. You're right. I didn't even, yeah, I try to I try to forget. But I know, go ahead. 59 yeah. years old. I, I hope you get it because my birthday card is in the mail to you. How are you surviving aging? Have you thought about that?
4: I think about it all the time and always have, actually. Uh, hey, can I, I'll, I'll, Get a little whimsical for you. I think it was an, it was an older lady, actually, that once, once said, you know, I think everybody has an age that they are, you know, in their psyche. I like it because I enjoy, you know, uh, feeling strong and alive. Now, that said, that's said, don't get me wrong. I welcome 59 and I will welcome 60 because it's... You know, let me put it this way. I would like to live a very long life. I hope to get to 100 and spry. I used to watch guys who were 85 years old haul a canoe across a portage trail. Yes, I said portage because I'm Canadian. That's how you say it. And I would watch those guys and I would admire and I would say, I'm going to be that guy. That's going to be me. I'm going to be 85 and I'm going to throw that canoe up and I'm going to go. And that's what I'm, I'm aiming for is to be spry. And the way I I believe in this, the way that I carry myself out with this is, I never finish. Now, I complete things. I complete what I started. But I've always got something else to do. I think the great uh, late um, Carl Reiner said the same thing. Just always have something you're not finished doing. And that's very important to me I have found, I, I'll tell you, I'm a late bloomer, a very late bloomer. I wasted my youth. I didn't discover the joy of completion until I was about 30 years old. And then I was addicted to it. I've never looked back. So now, uh, I mean, right at this moment, it's, it's braggadocio. I get that. But if we run off the shopping list, brand new 13-part series, Wild Harvest, brand new 90-minute special, Surviving Disasters, brand new children's book, Wild Outside, brand new podcast, Surviving Life in Less Trout, firing up my YouTube channel with all kinds of videos here and there, and then there's performing, a the brand-new double vinyl album coming out musically. Well, what, what am I – What am I? can I not just sit still? That's not it. It's that I I, I don't – I'm okay. I'm good with plates spinning in the air. That would probably freak other people out. Other people are very good at focusing, and that's good for them, not good for me. I can't focus on one thing. But I found that having all these things going on and having something that is still not done. It's, it's just this morning. I was actually looking at my sheet that I had – from last year that said 2021 and all the things I wanted to do. If you give me a clean slate, I'll fill it up with things to do. And I think that's what keeps me young. I think that's what keeps me going and, uh, and I like it.
3: Survivor man, Les Stroud. So if you had a clean slate, what would you do? What would you fill it with? When we come back, we'll continue our conversation and get into what Les believes is the number one obstacle that keeps us all from living our best life. This is Growing Boulder.
1: Support for Growing Boulder provided by
2: our partners at Florida Blue Medicare. It's important to know what's covered, so together we've created a guide that makes Medicare easy to understand. More information at growingbolder.com slash guide. Check out Growing Boulder TV, airing on public television stations nationwide. Visit growingbolder.com slash TV for program listings and where to watch.
3: Welcome back to Growing Boulder. I'm Mark Middleton. You know, one of the most difficult things to do for any of us is finding a way to overcome the number one obstacle that we all face in living life to the fullest. You know what that obstacle is? It's fear. Let's pick up the conversation now as Bill Schaefer talks to survivor man Les Stroud about facing our fear.
2: You know what you're doing? You're talking about the keys to living a fulfilling life. It's don't be satisfied doing what you've done in the past try something new and that's part of the reason less that that we watch you the way we do that when your shows come on no matter what the topic is all right let's see what his take is on this because we feel your passion and you know what else it is you take us straight to what we're afraid of and what is what is it that stops us from living a fulfilling life from from doing new things from exploring the wilderness, from getting out, from living a primitive lifestyle, or even wondering if we can—it's fear. Fear holds us back, and fear is what makes us age. But you, at fifty-nine, are looking life straight in the eye, moving ahead, and we think, man, if Les Stroud can do it, we can do it too. And that—that—that—that that, 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 exactly. I used to say that about Survivor, man. Oh, I could never do what you could do. Yes, you
4: could. You know exactly what I could do. Just a kind of a dumb schmuck from Canada, you know, to doing my thing, loving the wilderness. Well, you know that fear—it's hard for me to relate to sometimes. Sometimes I think it may, may, have, be, may have even made me uh, insensitive inse- in the past. Because part of me is like, "Come on, get up! What are you waiting for? Let's go! Let's come on! Let's do this!" You know. Uh, and it's not that I don't have fears. Of course, I do. But come on, if we're gonna go, you know, wax philosophical, we only got this is not a dress rehearsal. You know the cliches, you know, all the cliches. This is not a dress rehearsal, we only get one. This is it. Um, regardless of any thoughts on afterlife and before life and all the rest of that, doesn't matter. In this mode, this is it. Sure, maybe there's other modes. I can't speak to that. I can only speak to this mode right now. This mode wants to get busy. The thing is, back on the whole demystifying thing, you know, I think fear a lot of time exists because something does look mystical. Something does look out of reach, out of touch, too dangerous, too complicated. You know, well, life is messy, but I've always been good at cleaning up. I'm I'm a good organizer and cleaner. And in the end, no matter how messy that room is, if you just start, if you just start, before you know it, it's cleaner than it was five minutes ago. And before you know it, you're at the end of it. Now it's clean. Now that's a clean slate. So what are we going to do with this room? And and that's kind of the, I don't know, I compartmentalize. I I, I get pragmatic about a lot of stuff because it helps you to put one step and, you know, one foot in front of the other. And, yeah, I would highly agree with you to to shed the fear. Not so easy. Not so easy to do, but... Part of me, part of me, the insensitive part of me wants to go, well, suck it up, dude, get busy.
2: You know, you're also, Les, you're the guy that shows us how to deal with the fear. I mean, whether you know it or not. I mean, every, everything that you put on the air is about facing a challenge. And it's about how you use ingenuity to get around the challenge and to get to your goal. And I'm guessing the more you rely on your ingenuity and find out that it works, the more confident you are. And, and maybe that's the kind of thing that even helps as we do age. You know, one thing we all have in common is one day we're going to be sitting across from a doctor and he's going to give us a diagnosis or, or we may lose somebody that's very close to us in life. And we will need to rely on our ingenuity to, to help us get through it to move on to live, uh, to, to live the kind of life we need. Is there, do you see any of that similarity in what you do and, and life itself?
4: I do. Um, I'll tell you a story. Now, this is the opposite end of the spectrum, but I'll tell you a story. It's, it's, a, it's about a young boy. And the, I, I met the boy and his stepfather, um, signed some autographs and took some photographs, and he gave me a letter. And then he, he got on his way. And later that day, I, he said, you're not allowed to read the letters from my mom. So later that day, I, I read the letter and and it started as I expected. You know, my son is your biggest fan and you don't know what it means for him to meet you. And and then she, the letter goes on and she says, you know, for the first five years of his life, he had to watch me getting beaten to within an inch of my life by his father who held us captive. And I asked him one day, you know, how did you how how are you getting through this? And he said to me. Well mommy if survivor man can do it then so can i. Yeah, i mean obviously i i cried like a baby when i read that story and several times after. But the indication there the that, 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 that why i'm connecting it is um to riff off what you've said is that sure there's a an entertaining value in what i do as survivor man and and or maybe i'm um, i'm articulate as i as i host the disaster special. Maybe I'm charming as I do the wild harvesting and we make the dinners and stuff. But in the end, it still comes from this place of connecting to nature as a source of strength and showing you there are so many ways to, to get up and go. And to riff more on what you're saying is that I already said I was a late bloomer and, and, when I started to bloom, I was still young by my standards now, but still quite late as a bloomer. Well, if you're 60 or 65, bloom. You know, even now. And, and that thing you wanted to do, yeah, go do it. And there may be, you know, parameters and brackets you have to put it in to make it happen. There's always the reality. I can't go play for the NHL, though I'd like to, but I can't. Uh, but, there's, but it doesn't mean I can't join an old-timers hockey league and play three nights a week. So there's always things we can do. And I and, and it does not matter about our
2: age. That's awesome. And that was a great answer. And, and it, it, it really does underscore what it is that you do. And, and I think why we connect with you, you know, and I, one misconception that I think a lot of us have about aging is that you spend more and more of your time looking back which is not something that you do you with all those projects you're talking about, you're constantly looking forward. So, so let's continue that. Let's look forward again. What, what's next for Les Stroud as far as what's on your bucket list? What, what things are out there that survivor man wishes and hopes that he has the chance to do one day?
4: Well, uh, I'm in a very lucky position in life. As many of us are when we get to this age, um, you know, Not a big one, but a minor nest egg that that covers the bottom line. Uh, No debt, you know. So a lot of what I am about now is is cherry picking. And I'm not necessarily talking about retirement. By the way, retirement, that word doesn't exist for me. Never has. Because if you're doing what you love, you don't have to retire. You just keep doing it. I expect to be writing novels in my 70s. I expect to be doing that. Um, just look to, you know, Margaret Atwood, look to Leonard Cohen, RIP, you know, look to seniors that just this, the, the, the subject matter of being older in life and and staying vibrant is, is, is a very um, an intriguing one for me. Uh, by the way, as far as people watching the surviving disasters with Les Stroud, will, Les Stroud, can't say my name right, will air um, in 2021. And will be a it's kind of like a three-part 90-minute special highlighting preparing for, surviving, and recovering from natural disasters. Wild Harvest is on right now on a on a station near you, and 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 WTCU has been fantastic to me. So my love to Amy and Toby at WGCU, they know who they are. And um, the children's book Wild Outside: Adventures Around the World of Survivor Man for nine to 12-year-olds comes out in March of 2021. And the podcast comes out, is, uh, will be out in November of 2020. And so I said, so, so my podcast is actually in many ways a little bit similar to yours. I'm looking to people who've been there and done that. What do they have to say about to continue doing it?
2: yeah you've talked to some great guests, and, and I know what they tell you it's not retiring it's just moving on to your next adventure and If you use that word instead of retiring, it totally changes the way you look at how you spend your time and what you do uh, I've kept you a long time i got one one final question. To help us kind of wrap this whole thing up what, what What do you think is the is the moral of your story the less Stroud takeaway what What do you hope that we learn from you
4: yeah. Yeah, our podcasts are quite similar. That's my, that's often my opening question and the way I frame it. It's a good question. You know, what's the takeaway? You know, for me, something that I've never really been able to escape and I don't know why it's always been there. Started by watching Jacques Cousteau, uh, Johnny Weissmiller, Tarzan movies, visual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. My love for and my, uh, my compassion for, I'm compelled to connect to nature myself and to connect others to nature. That's it. That's everything. Survivor man was a facilitator to do that. Wild harvest is facilitation to do that. Surviving disasters, that's based on skill set. That's a little bit of a tangent, but that's it. You know, I just, to me, everything is always about connecting to nature Physically, emotionally, spiritually.
2: It's a great answer. I mean, connecting with nature, connecting with people, just being connected with life is the key. And as we age, what happens? We almost do the opposite. We retire, like you said, and the next thing you know, you're not seeing the same amount of people that you normally did because you're not going to work. You kind of become isolated. You're staying at home more. You People aren't checking in on you as much. So the key, folks, is to keep... The connection, find new connections, get out, make new friends, meet new people, have adventures, but do it and involve the earth when you do, because that's the way we connect the best. Les, we want to thank you so much for taking the time with us, folks. Be sure to check your local public television stations to find any Les Stroud series or specials. They will always be well done. They will always be compelling and thought-provoking. And as for his books, his podcasts, and everything else, do check out facebook.com slash the real Les Stroud. He's got an excellent Facebook page and his website, lesstroud.ca. Great interview with a great guy. Keep it going, Survivor Man. We need you more than ever. Thank you so much.
3: Les Stroud is out there reinventing aging while our next guest is out there studying what's possible as we move forward into the future. Colin Milner will join us next. This is Growing Boulder.
1: Support for Growing Boulder provided by
2: The Center for Health and Well-Being now open in Winter Park. Wholeness, fitness, and medicine together in one convenient location. Offering programs and services to promote healthy living and positive aging. More at yourhealthandwellbeing.org. Sign up for the Growing Boulder Insider Newsletter, delivered to your inbox every week. Be the first to see our latest interviews, stories, and tips for making each day count. Sign up today at GrowingBoulder.com. is it about time that makes years seem to go by in a flash suddenly what seemed like the blink of an eye our hair is a little grayer maybe we move a little slower or have a few more of those aches and pains well medicare specialist wendy weiss says those kind of things will and do happen to all of us but there is something we can do to keep its impact at a minimum and to keep yourself as nimble flexible and pain-free as possible what is it? Here's Wendy.
5: We all should just keep moving. I think, you know, from what I've seen in those homes that I've been into so many times, people get comfortable in those reclining chairs in front of the TV um, and the hours pass and they're not moving. And so over time, the body gets stiff, we gain weight, uh, you know, we've got snacks and things next to us we don't get up to go to the kitchen anymore and all these things kind of build up and it it, over time we form these patterns. But I think it's just as easy to form a pattern in movement. You know, you don't have to go to the gym. I'm not a gym person, but I have other things that I like to do so that I keep moving every single day. Go and live. Especially now. I, I, I you know with this Horrible COVID that we're living through. I know in my community, I live in a huge gated community, everybody's outdoors, everybody's walking, everybody's riding bikes, and it's so nice to see. And if anybody goes to a bike store now, there's no inventory. You can't even buy a bike. So I think. You know, the one maybe tiny little speck of goodness that came out of this horror that we've been living through is that people are moving, that they're getting out of the house just because they're tired of staring at the four walls and being isolated, and they're getting outside and they're doing something, and I hope that sticks. I know it will for me. But I think what's different now is that science and technology and medicine, we're all realizing that the way to have longevity in our life is to move, is to just Keep moving, whether it's, again, walking or doing chair exercises or doing whatever it is to just keep doing it.
2: That's Medicare specialist Wendy Weiss. One quick note, she says it's always a good idea to clear any changes in your lifestyle with your doctor. But for the most part, your doctor will be thrilled to hear that you're interested in taking your health into your own hands by improving your level of fitness. And you will be surprised how quickly you notice a difference in the way your body feels, the way activity helps sharpen your mind, and how much it improves your level of energy. Remember just keep moving more information at growing slash Medicare well you've heard about it in fact you're living it talk about the revolution that's taking place in the world of aging but What does that mean exactly? And what is it we need to understand to make sure that we're ready to face this new future? Well, there are two people out there at the forefront who get it, who see it, and who have an idea of how to best deal with it. One is Growing Boulder founder CEO Mark Middleton, and the other is his guest, the CEO of the International Council on Active Aging, Colin Milner. So now, Milner and Middleton go one-on-one.
3: Are we improving as rapidly as you would like in terms of our uh,
6: understanding of aging? I think that our understanding of aging has reached a tipping point. You know, are we moving as fast as we could? No. Are we moving as fast as we would like? No. Uh, Could we improve? Absolutely. But we're getting there. You know, we're finally moving forward. It's like this big freighter that uh, a lot of people have been trying to turn and it's finally turning. Now you have uh, things like the government uh, bringing in, uh, you know, that the research will be done in people over the age of 65 as well as those under. That was a big deal. You never used to have that. You know, um, companies now are looking at how do they serve and help older adults to age better. You know, all of these things are all coming together at one time, which is really creating this tipping point. But could we do it a lot quicker and better? Sure, we could.
3: Not only could we, but sometimes I wonder, Colin, if we must. When you look at the demographics, when you look at the age wave, when you look at the fact that 10,000 or so are turning 65 every day. It's pretty easy to go to a dark place if you allow yourself to when you extrapolate to 20 years
6: in the future. Oh, sure. Uh, You know, you think about it, 20 years ago, most of the reports that came out, the aging population was going to be a catastrophe. It was going to bankrupt Medicare and Medicaid and, uh, you know, countries were going to go under because of their, uh, their population getting older. Today, we hear something very different. We hear a more balanced approach where, yeah, we have some challenges, but there's also many opportunities. And it's a wonderful time if you are someone who is turning 50, 60, 70, 80, end up. Uh, you know, things that are available today weren't there 5, 10, 15 years ago. So, uh, you know, the conversation is changing. And the expectation of us, because I'm now 58, and I find myself in the uh, in the group. I'm I'm now a card holder, so uh, you know. I think everything is changing, and now it's up to us to drive it faster, quicker, and be more positive about it, as opposed to what society has been in the past.
3: So, your organization, the International Council on Active Aging. Has your definition of active aging changed at all since you founded it uh, 18 years ago?
6: What does active aging mean to you? So, active aging, when we launched in 2001, a couple of weeks after 9 11, uh, you know, our definition then and our definition today is still the same. And it's about being engaged in life. It's not about being physically active, it's about being active in all areas of life. Instead of being inactive. Instead of being engaged, you're disengaged. And if you're disengaged, uh, you know, things like social isolation come into play, all of these other negative aspects, where if you're engaged, social uh, connections come into play and all the positivity with that. So uh, our definition really has been the same. It's just the rest of the world's catching up. Forgive me for not fully understanding
3: whether you are just a visionary genius or a very sharp businessman or someone that just is able to see things that others don't because you've been articulating uh what's important in aging for a long time everybody is talking about the benefits of social enge- uh, engagement these days you've been talking about that for a long time a do you feel good about you know where you planted your flag years ago and b uh, uh it's got to be exciting to see the rest of the culture coming around
6: uh, you know i think you're always uh, no matter who you are if you're an athlete and you've finished a marathon you feel good about that that you've finished the marathon but then you realize there's another marathon to run in a few months time that's about where we are as you know we've we've taken the run and we've now gone and finished the race but now there's a new race the race was to get us to the tipping point now we're tipped over Now it's how do we take it to a new level, to something that's really special. And to me, that's uh, where it gets really exciting. You know, I don't think I'm a, you know, a a genius or, you know, a a visionary. All I do is I just simply look at where the numbers are going and, um, you know, what people want. And what people want is to live a better life. The question is, how do you do that? And uh, you know what we do is we try and provide uh, a vision and a solution for that. It just so happens that some of the areas that we have talked about are now front and center, but they were still in my mind front and center for us back then
3: at growing bolder we 've chosen to focus on individuals, uh, you know our belief that, that uh, you know that 's kind of where it has to change. We can change the culture of aging one person at a time. Uh, Also, because we really aren't connected to Washington, D.C., we're not putting a lot of time and effort into policy change. But uh, I know you are. You've got those connections. How important is it uh, that there is policy change, that we do get
6: support in changing individuals uh, from the government? Well, I think the support from the government comes in in things like the built environment. It comes in in reimbursement. It comes in in incentivizing people to actually get up off the couch and do something. However, I think it still comes back to the individual. If it, if we aren't willing to change our behavior, nothing's going to happen. So, it, you know, for me, it's self-directed wellness that really has the uh, ability to change someone's life as opposed to the government just simply passing a bill. So I think you're in the, you're in the perfect spot. Um, now, the question is, how do we stimulate more people to take action?
3: I often say, and yet I've not traveled nor been engaged to the extent that you have globally, that what's happening in this country is happening in literally every industrialized nation in the world in terms of experiencing this age wave. Uh, the challenges, the opportunities
6: are the same. Do you see that? Is that? Is that? Do you feel that's true? Oh, countries all around the world are experiencing the exact same things that we are. I've been to fifty different countries now in the last ten years, uh, from China to Russia to Australia to Belgium, uh, you name it, and they all are facing uh, a growing population that is aging. Uh, they're all facing ill health. Uh, they're all facing lack of funding. You know, all the things that we face day in day out, and you have one of two choices. You can either gripe about it or do something about it and the exciting part is when you see people doing something about it it may be on a small scale but then how do you take that and replicate that on a larger scale uh countrywide as an example
3: are you optimistic about the future of aging
6: you can't not be otherwise you won't be here you know the reality is that you know we're all gonna hopefully age and age well, uh, you know, what people forget to tell us is that we need to earn our health span. Uh, A lot of times they say, you've got 30 years to go. Okay, 30 years, but what's the quality of those years going to be like? I have to actually earn that quality. So I'm very optimistic about it, but it still comes back to you as an individual saying, me, I want to live a better life, and this is what I'm going to do to actually achieve that very few people can actually change your mind without you participating. Two-part question.
3: What do you hope happens here uh, at this national conference that you've been putting on for so many years, and what do you hope those who attend take home
6: with them? Well, what I'd like to see, you know, is that people would walk away from this conference with a greater uh, knowledge base that makes them more competent more skillful, so that they can deliver the programs, services, uh, communities, facilities that inspire, not uh, empower, because I think we're the ones that empower ourselves, but we as leaders can inspire our residents, our members to actually take action. If we can set the stage, uh, you know, the meal's there, now we just need to eat it. And that's what I want people to take away is that, you know, we're helping you with the ingredients. Um, You know, on on a grander scale, it would be great to, as with your platform here, get the word out more about that, uh, whether it's in Washington, whether it's, you know, across media, across the the country, because it's the science, it's the media, and it's the individual that's going to be a three-pronged approach that's going to make change happen.
3: We're all working to try to inspire people to make change, to help them understand why it's important, why it's doable, why it's possible. But is there one thing you can give us? Is there one action step? What would you tell somebody that's listening to your voice now about
6: how they can make the first step toward a better future? Put one foot in front of the other. You know, literally. A lot of times we overcomplicate things. You know, well, I need 30 minutes of exercise, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120 minutes. 150 minutes, 300 minutes. It's too damn complicated. You know, what you do is just simply move. And once you start moving, don't stop. You know, now I'm not talking about far scum. Uh, You know, what I'm talking about is basically making sure that you make it part of your lifestyle so that, you know, you keep that movement. A friend of mine years ago, Karen Voigt, uh, always was very, very fit. And I asked her, How do you stay healthy and fit the way you are? And she said, I just don't take a day off. Because if I do, it's easier to take a second day off than a third day off and then to continue doing that. So I would say, you know, continue what you're doing, but start first. Start by putting the first foot in front of the other.
2: Fascinating conversation between Colin Milner from the International Council of Active Aging and my partner, Mark Middleton. And listen, folks, the future is here. Today's the day. We all play a role in how active and engaged we can be as we age. Take your health and your future as much as you can into your own hands. Make good choices, live with intent, and make a difference. Coming up, well, our next story is kind of a stretch. Stick around to find out just what I mean. This is Growing Boulder.
1: Support for Growing Boulder provided by
2: Winter Park's new Crosby Wellness Center at the Center for Health and Well-Being. More than just a gym, it features unique medically integrated programs, activities for all ages and skill levels, and free group exercise classes with memberships. More at CrosbyWellnessCenter.org. Stay connected to Growing Boulder for daily doses of hope, inspiration, and possibility. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for our latest stories and motivational pictures. You're listening to Growing Boulder, the program that reminds you it is never too late to build a better, more purposeful, and healthier life. And to do that, you need to be in pretty good shape. But we don't want you to think that means you have to be a super athlete. You don't have to run marathons or triathlons or set weightlifting records. But you do have to find ways to be active in whatever that means to you. It's an
3: important point, Bill, because one of the most uh, difficult things to do when you haven't been active for a while is simply to start to find a way to begin you have to find something that does the trick while minimizing soreness because we all know it comes more quickly as we age something you can do at your own speed that will help you increase your strength and flexibility rollins college fitness expert robin wilson specializes in helping older folks find a whole new footing by stretching we caught up with robin and some of her students at a stretch class Just relax, take some deep breaths,
0: breathe. My name is Robin Wilson. Um, I have been here at Rollins for, I'm going into my seventh year here. I've had people come into my class and go, oh my God, I've been laying on the couch for 20 years and I, what are you gonna do with me? Roll the shoulders back, full circle. Arms just hang heavy, they're just following along people don't know what they don't know and they don't know what their limitations are uh, until they start exploring it and and working through it little by little it's about movement it's about getting your body to move and as I've gotten older um, the one thing that has sustained me is stretch to just keep moving the body in a stretched way very similar to yoga reach out to the mirror all from the waist, it's going to make you feel better physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's a healing, it's a healing thing. Up over the top. I don't think you're ever too late, and I don't think it's, you're ever too old. I have had people come into this class that are well into their 80s, who have had strokes, who have had, or survivors of cancer, who have had knee replacements, who have had shoulder replacements. Uh, you know, it's amazing what they are able to do and come back from. Here we go, take a tilt, touch your fingers.
1: One of the things I suffer from is vertigo, and so balance is a problem sometimes, and so that was the beginning. And then I came to one class, and I used to do yoga and had to give it up because of the vertigo, and here was everything I wanted. You know, we do a little meditation, we stretch every part of our bodies, and I walk out of here like a new woman.
0: The entire torso. Let it fall. We're going to push it back. Fill it up and crash the plane. <laughs> I am. Let me think about that. I am um, 72 years old. I've danced most of my life, and I came down from New York two years ago, and I found this class and this teacher and this stretch,
5: and this is the best thing in Winter Park. <laughs> Movement is important because I'm 73 years old. So I've been taking the class for about three years, and it's wonderful.
0: Draw the knees into your face. Tuck it in.
1: And I think all of us, as we get older, start feeling are the differences in our movement and places that start hurting a little bit and if you have any desire to kind of address that, this is the perfect class
0: just relax take some deep breaths breathe it out
1: I'd say come take a class and you will walk out of here without a doubt feeling that you've just done something amazing for yourself no question about it I can't imagine feeling any other way
0: Get the money (laughs) and back. Take it to you.
2: What else can you do that gives you the feeling that you've done something amazing for yourself? Whether it's a stretch class, going for walks, whatever it is you do, just get up and do it. Now, that's why Mark Middleton is here right now. He's ready to tell us what's on his mind today. Hey, Mark.
3: You know what's on my mind today, Bill, is something that's on my mind regularly, and that's our our, our good friend Wendy Chioji, who we lost in October of 2019. And, uh, you know, the Egyptians, I read this and I love this, the Egyptians believe that, that we die twice, once when we take our final breath, uh, and then again, the last time that someone says our name. Uh, You know, they think that uh, your spirit will live as long as people remember you and talk about you. And, you know, by that measure, uh, I think Wendy's going to live for a long, long time because we talk about her uh, nearly every day. And, you know, you know she had four mantras, live fearlessly, defy, say yes, and eat pie for breakfast. And and we recently celebrated Wendy in our office by bringing in a pie for everyone to have. And it was an opportunity for us to explain to people, you know, that that Wendy literally— uh, took that to heart. She did eat pie for breakfast as often as she could because she liked it, but, but figuratively, it was the way she lived her life. It was about putting the people and the passions that are most important to you first, uh, you know, taking a bite out of what you enjoy before you do the rest of the stuff. It's the way she lived her life to the very end, and, you know, it impacts me to this day.
2: Yeah, it's like looking for the sweetness in everything you do, I think that was kind of her meaning, and that's what she did. And and, and Mark, you've known her for so long, uh, you've seen her through ups and downs. You would it would be easy to think she lived a charmed life, but Wendy had more struggles than most of us. Well, if you read her blog, Bill, and I know you did, uh, it was amazing, uh, you
3: know, the struggles that she had the last 15 years of her life, Uh, like all of us, like all human beings, uh, she struggled, but she was able to somehow extract joy even in the most difficult times. It's a a difficult lesson to learn, but it's a valuable lesson to learn, especially as we age, because life is filled with more challenges on, on a daily basis as we age, and those challenges make some people give up turn bitter, turn sour, and not enjoy their life. Wendy enjoyed her life until her final breath, despite the fact that it wasn't easy.
2: And that's an awesome on my mind, Mark, because I think the takeaway from all that is, yeah, life is going to deal us some pretty tough blows. Learn from Wendy. Wendy handled them. She was able to make those days some of the best days that she ever had. And we know that you can do the same thing because that's who we are as people. That's what character is all about. And that's where our humanity really comes from. That's the Growing Boulder philosophy. And folks, Growing Boulder doesn't end with this show. It continues at growingbolder.com. See you there. And we'll see you right here next time.
0: Fire and flaming road Using ideas as my map We'll meet on edges soon, said I